Hey, 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 Brandon Beliso here. You're living your best life. It is 11, 11, and 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh-oh. Twilight Zone. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, right? November 11th, and it's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am Brandon Beliso, and this is Success Never Sleeps. We're out here on the West Coast, and we're a collective of people, small business owners, individuals, companies, everybody that wants to get in there and be a better version of themselves, improve their business, improve their culture, just understand why am I here, what is my purpose, and through this, negotiating all this space, we discover how to live your best life. So I'm going to start by thanking my sponsors, please. Starting off with, with who, 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 oh, oh, right there. Market Muscles, uh, simply the best in websites. My Studio, Kids Love Life Skills, and LC Accounting. You know, we are always improving our products. And that's what I love about Market Muscles, My Studios, Kids Love Life Skills. I love that about, you know, we always want to do and be a better version of ourselves. And, and we ironically, we, somebody brought up something about one of our products and we were happy to adjust it. You know, we do listen to our clients and, and I think that's important. And I love the new improvements that we have with my studio. They just improved attendance. So now you can open up your scheduler and then simply click on a class. And from the class, you can enter names. The one thing we learned about that, if you go with the last name, you got siblings, then all three siblings will pop up cases like that. So when you're searching for somebody under the class schedule, you know, make sure you're looking by last name if there's more than one child and that'll help reduce that. But it eliminated a step and I think it's going to make things a bit more efficient. The point I'm trying to make with that is Kaizen, constant improvement, not these big giant leaps, but it's often the little things. It's the mundane is where I find for myself that the quality of my leadership truly, truly exists. And before we get into that today, we will be talking about leadership by example. I want to let you know what I got coming up April 15th through 18th right here, Millbury, California, five minutes from the airport. It's probably one of the most unique events in our industry in that it's four days, 20 people, you and me, and we dig deep. Yes, we'll write systems. Yes, we'll work on your brand. Yes, we'll write uh, job descriptions, position agreements to grow your team, curriculum development, all those different things. But I think for me, as a facilitator, and this will be our eighth time, it really is the intimacy of the relationships that we build. I'm not going to say networking because networking doesn't even come close, doesn't even come close to what this event offers. And it really is these lifetime relationships where we help each other negotiate this thing as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur. So we hike in the woods, we journal together, we cry together, we, we develop mindsets, we really dig deep. And some of the results are phenomenal. I mean, Marco, who's, who helps me facilitate this, he just moved into his new location. And it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. But it's a culmination of, of many, many hours of discussion and mentoring. And, you know, he used to be called, um, I don't know, Peaceful Warrior. I don't remember anymore, Marco. Peaceful Warrior or something like that. And now it's Focus Martial Arts. And it's badass. It's just a beautiful, beautiful brand. And it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And already he's had seven new trials in one week. And he said, you know, I've never had that many trials in one week. Well, because I am a huge advocate of location, location, location. I know some of you like to put your school in an industrial park with a big old sliding metal gate door that trucks normally pull in and out. Rock and roll, more power to you if you believe that's what works. I don't. 
I don't. I truly believe that location, location is important because if it wasn't, your Starbucks would be located in, you know, the freaking, I don't know, in the middle of nowhere, right? But it's simply not. So I want you to be extremely mindful of that. So when you come out to It's Time Life Balance, that's what you're going to get. There's only 20 people, four days, very intensive. We eat really, really good. Some of the nicer restaurants, uh, we spend a lot of time and people walk away like Marco's a great example. We rebranded Jason Smith to Believe Martial Arts. He's got it dialed in. He's finally been able to leave his job. Journey Martial Arts is another one I'm very proud of. Hero Martial Arts, Nick Quadra is another person I'm super proud of. And all of these people I've been blessed with cultivating relationships. I don't want to simply say I was their mentor or their consultant. So much more than that. So much more. Right now, I'm working with Jed Jones uh, intensively, and we're rebranding to Determined Martial Arts from Amherst Karate Studio, right? So getting a brand, Monique, uh, Washington Jones is another one, Karate for Girls, where she caters only to women. When we really understand who we are and why we're here, even on the worst of days, where I have to refund somebody money back and we don't make any money, I am still in the pocket loving what I do. And I think that's the big thing behind purpose is purpose gives you something greater than yourself. And when I'm, I'm living for a greater than myself, I'm no longer stuck in my ego, my insecurities, my fear. And that's going to be the gist of what we're going to talk about in leadership today. Cool. All right. So let me th- let me welcome some people. John Gonzalez. What's happening, John? Happy Friday to you and happy Veterans Day to everybody who served out there. So grateful for people of service, right? People of service. Hey, James Walker, it's a great day and getting better. Yes, it is, sir. You know, it's amazing how things work out, right? And and I will help you cultivate that. We will help you obtain that grant uh, and, and really position it where it's something so unique with the life skills education, James, that they will not deny you. They will not deny you. So work on that proposal and send it to me by the end of the day. All right, cool. Bob. Bob, you're here. Thank you, Bob. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what the day would be without Bob Poole. I'm looking at every Friday. I look up there in the corner and, and I get to see Bob's name. And so I'm grateful for that as well. If you are here, share this live stream with everybody you can right now. Any group that you have, small business, martial arts, somebody who could benefit right now, text your friend, tell them to get on. Because I really believe, like O.S. Smith said, we are... Drowning in information and starving for wisdom. There's so much information, right? We're in the information, the whole technology area. You can YouTube, Google, all the rest. But that information is useless unless you have the wisdom behind it to take it and utilize it to your advantage and to impact the world and serve people better. Cool. So it's really about that. And I think that's what makes what we do so unique. Hey, Virginia, what's happening, Virginia? Yeah, and Virginia, another to me, a miracle. You know, when me and Virginia first started working together, it was some challenging times. We had some really teary conversations together. And when this all has come together through a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, she has a wonderful brand in Journey Martial Arts. She has her own spin and vision. And that's what I think is powerful with working with me. I don't want you to be me. I don't want to say it has to be my way. I think the real art of a great teacher, a great teacher is that we help bring out the full potential or at the minimum, help them recognize. And I I would like to believe 
And I've been saying that a lot today because the last event we did was It's Time Live Believe. I would like to believe that I helped Virginia um, through my service to discover her amazing unlimited potential and, and just how great she can be. And she's got a wonderful brand. I mean, just such a wonderful brand. And she gets that too, right? Yeah, Al Tracy did believe in location. I remember Tracy's, man, they were everywhere, you know, and and doubling back to Virginia for men. I know she has to get um, ACL and she's got a team in place and they're going to support her. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's cool, right? And as we negotiate the space that we're in today, um, let's go for it, right? Leadership by example. What does that mean? Put it in the comments. What do you think leadership by example means as we hear it a lot right it's so cliche lead by example lead by example i say to my parents an excellent kids class right because they're out on the floor we're going to parents all right the best way to parent is to lead by example lead by example so we hear that a lot but what does that what does that really mean right what does that truly mean anybody put it in the comments you know, and, and I'll share, because this story, I think, is, is kind of like a really big segue into this. I spoke at Meta back in May, you know, before all of this craziness that's going on at Meta right now happened, before their stock plummeted, before Zuckerberg's losing billions of dollars and people are looking at him like, man, I don't know, this environment's getting unstable. And for the first time ever, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, ever. Facebook, now Meta, is laying off people. 11,000. They laid off 11,000. And I've been singing that about the recession. You know, the tech industry normally dictates the temple. When they go up in stock-wise, everybody else goes up. And But you know what? When they start laying off, we have got to pay attention. Jason Smith said that on, on, on the uh, East Coast. We normally get hit here, you know, a couple, a couple months after you guys feel things. And, and it's true. Right, Meta laid off. Um, Stripe, Lyft laid off. Amazon has a hiring freeze. Apple has a hiring freeze. And and you, you could look at the list. It's everywhere right now. So I believe, as far as the recession goes, we need to pay attention. But so I'm at Meta. Their first in person. It was the global marketing team, and I was there to speak about leadership post pandemic. All right. And they shared with me, Meta is a startup company with 80,000 people. That's crazy. Normally, a startup has a handful of people. How many people have a startup with 80,000 people? And any startup can fail, can fail miserably. So here's this place that Facebook, which is now Meta, is standing in, right? And living in and existing in and trying to grow in. And we know the metaverse is still pretty lukewarm. Nobody's really grasping it, you know, because I think Zuckerberg's way ahead of his time. One day, do I believe it's it's going to be totally immersive? I believe that. I really do. You know, if somebody's worlds away in Europe and you can both walk into this room together and have a, have a conversation beyond the phone, beyond Zoom, it's another level, right? It's like 3D Zoom. It's just intense. And, and if a doctor could operate in the metaverse a hundred times before they do it for real. So they're better at doing that operation. It's more power to you. 
you know, and, and I know this is a sidebar, but this is what got me to this point with them. You know, I know it's, it's just a vision, right? Leaders have vision. Leaders have this imagination. He's going, well, you know, imagine if I could sit in this metaverse where I can feed it millions and millions of bits of data, right? diabetes, heart disease. What if his left valve fails? Boom. I can feed it with all this information to determine what's the best way to operate on this person. That's brilliant. That is so brilliant. It's beyond brilliance, right? If I could sit there in some way, you know, connect with somebody at a higher level than just this at Zoom, so be it. I mean, it's going to offer a lot of build, but right now it's so, so, so unstable. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't by coincidence. I chose this on Veterans Day. Yeah. It was, was very, very intentional. Lead from the front. Do not ask of your team what you would not do. Very powerful. Thank you. I like that lead by example. Yep. 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 And so I'm sitting there. And the one thing I said, we, it, we're, we're in unknown territory. We have no idea what the metaverse is going to be. We have no idea where the metaverse is going, but this is the direction as the visionary, as the leader, Mark Zuckerberg wants to take people. And when he sat there and apologized, you know, for laying off the 11,000 people, he apologized and he was humble. You know, and, and, and that's one thing I enjoy about Zuckerberg, as much crap as he gets. When he stood before Senate wearing a suit, right, and he took it on the chin for all of the stuff that was going on at Facebook, that's leadership, right? Because the buck stops with you. I sat there yesterday talking to a parent in after school about challenges we're having with their children. And I did not have my team do it. I did it because ultimately the buck stops with me. Write that down. Write that down. Uh, I, I was working with somebody who I'm grooming to take over the businesses for me at some point. And he felt like I had thrown him under the bus with something I had said to the team. And I shared with him, I'm the leader of this band. I get thrown under the bus every freaking day, every day. I'm always, you know, whenever it doesn't fit people's um, agenda, all of a sudden I'm the boss. All of a sudden I make the lion's share. So all of a sudden I'm the one who should lose the most money in the pandemic. I'm the one that has to suck it up. I said, there it is. I said, so organically because of the way we're conditioned, it's me against big brother you're the boss. You're the boss. So, you know, you're always going to make the most money. And I got to, you know, I'm a squirrel trying to get the nut. That, that stuff exists everywhere. You know, this is the way corporate is. This is the, you know, and, and that's why people strike, right? We have all of that stuff. But the more we live in that type of mindset with our team, the more debilitating things are going to become. Now, I'm not just talking out, talking out of my behind on this. The average tenure I won't use employee for the lack of the better word, has been with me for 10 years or longer. The longest member on my core team is over 22 years now from the beginning. How many of us in the martial arts industry can say that? Not many. So I'm bringing with you this wealth of failure and experience and knowledge in cultivating a team, managing a team, and keeping that team engaged where they've made this their career. 22 years is a career, don't you agree? 10 years is a career, right? And these are full-time people, by the way, full-time, full-time. So let's preframe it with that. And so I said to them, well, we don't know where we're going, right? Do we all agree? Okay, we all agree. But the one thing we do have faith in and the one thing we do believe in 
And the one thing we do trust are the relationships that we have cultivated. And I think I'd ask, and somebody in the room has been, had somebody on their team for like six, seven years, right? That was the longest. But I said, that is what we anchor ourselves in and through as we negotiate this transition from Facebook to Meta, more than anything. And then we broke it down. What do you value most about this relationship with so-and-so? Well, they're really an empathetic person. They really try to understand me. They value my life outside of work. And, and whenever things are really hard for me, they're the first one to reach out and offer me a helping hand. Great. That we can trust. That we can build upon. And as we went through the pandemic, I share that story all the time. I came home one night in April of 2020. And, you know, we had no idea what was going on at that point, right? And I looked at my wife and I said, babe, you're not worried about any of this? And she says, nah, you got it. And that's what I bring to my team. They know hell or high water. I don't care if the bottom's dropping out of the boat. My team knows unequivocally that they can count on me. And I said to TJ the other day, it doesn't always work. Our systems may fail. This system may need to be rewritten. This position agreement might need to be redefined. This curriculum might be thrown away or replaced or revamped. But it may not always work, but we make it work. Write that down and use that one all the time. It may not always work, but they, I, they can trust. I will make it work where we come out on top. And this pandemic is proof of that. We have mega schools. Right. It's not like I worked a day job and I had this small school with 100 students that with or without it, I would be fine. Now, we're talking we had thousand students between two locations dropped down to 750 overnight. Within two days, we were virtual. Boom, boom, boom. You know, you saw that. I believe I led the way through virtual offering people advice. I did so many virtual seminars You know, I produced one point two million dollars virtually during that pandemic in one year. Crazy. Right. But not so much when you embrace that your team has to be able to rely upon you, depend upon you, and no matter what challenges you might be having in that relationship that they know unequivocally, they can depend on you. Cool? Cool? So that's the gist of, of what I offered Meta. And it was really just simply about that. Double down on your relationships. Define those relationships at a higher level. Because when everything's hitting the fan. When all the shit's hitting the fan, you got to know that you have each other. And I know that sounds like a freaking notebook movie or whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is there's not a single one of you right now that have worked with me that can't reach out to me and know that I will give you my time freely, right? And I know I have my consulting and you've paid me money, but you know, if you need me, I am there. There's not a single person here that can doubt that. So that's what you want to cultivate. And how do you cultivate that? Well, here's an example of leadership by example. And if you got a question, please put it in. I love, love, love your questions. And, and I love your input too, right? Your input's valuable. I must grow brave and spread kindness to lead by example. And that's within Virginia's purpose, right? If we're always growing, we're always becoming a better version of ourselves, um, there's no way we're going to fail. There just simply is not. 
Now he's saying that this morning. I love being 60. I'm the person I've always wanted to be. The person I couldn't be when I was 20 or 30 or 40. I am the person I've always wanted to be. So I'm going to double down on that. And that growth is super important in that process. Cool? So lead by example. Here's a prime example. Every time I go into the bathroom, I clean it. That's one of our brand absolutes. Anytime one of our team members goes into a bathroom, they clean it. That's it. That's that's one of our brand absolutes, you know. So I, I'll be in one bathroom cleaning it up and I will radio through my little walkie-talkie. Hey folks, Professor here. Um, I took care of the first bathroom, just cleaned it up. Can somebody please get the second one? That's an example of lead by example. We see that Facebook meme. I know we've all seen it. Old leadership. And this is what our industry suffers from. Suffers from tremendously. The control and command leadership that was perpetuated right after World War II. Right? And that's, here's the boss. Here's the managers. Here's the workers on the factory floor. Right? The trickle down. You even had the pit bosses, right? The people that had sections of this factory and they report to the managers and their managers report to, you know, the boss. That triangle, that pyramid hierarchy is obsolete, totally obsolete. And you're going to witness it implode. I think that's going to happen with Twitter. As brilliant as Elon Musk is, as brilliant as he is, I believe that sense of ego and control and command leadership is going to be the downfall of Twitter. And don't mark me on it, just my observation, right? That's my observation. So in this Facebook meme, what you see is control and command leadership. The guy sitting behind the desk, pointing his fingers, barking orders at people, right? And you got all the people up against the rock pushing it. Today's leadership, the leaders right up there against the rock with the team pushing it. Powerful. Who's seen that meme? Put it in the comments. Who's seen that meme? And put in there, you, you know, I see a lot of people sitting in the eye in the sky. Tell me you're here. Let me know that you're here. The name of your school and, and what part of the country you're tuning in from. I know we get people from Germany and Canada and all that. And don't sit back there hiding in the shadows. Stand up and be counted. Cool. And let me know that you've shared this awesome image. Yeah, right. It's a great image. It just says Facebook user. Can you put your name in there? Rockstar. Nam. What's up, sir? Prestige Martial Arts. I love the name. Prestige Martial Arts, right? Prestige. And so that meme is the epitome. But I get it. It was post-World War II. We just won the war. We got generals sitting up here on the hill. You got their freaking, you know, troops down there going left, right. And he's managing things and directing it. I get that. I get that. But if you're going to create a business that works for you, you need to let go of that freaking control. But we are set up because remember, a lot of martial arts was very militaristic, right? It was set up that way. And in many schools, I'm the master. You're the head instructor. There's my senior instructors. There's my junior instructors, right? You got that whole freaking pecking order. For our culture, it is not what we cater to because there's always going to be that separatism, right? I'm the master. You're the lowly student, right? So you must clean my bathroom and wax on and wax off and do all this stuff before you even can deserve to train with me. 
right? And I get that. It, we can romanticize it, you know, in The Karate Kid, it was all well and fun because Miyagi was a loving dude. And, you know, we, we can romanticize it. But to run a business like that in today's world with millennials and Zs, it does not work. It does not work. It's very temporary. It's very fleeting. But the yin to the yang. Like David Kovar said to me once, be personal, but don't get personal. Even with my longest term employee, my sister who's been with me over 15 years, she's one of them. I don't get personal with her. I don't. I simply do not. Sister or not, you know, I'm very mindful what hat I'm wearing when we're together. And she's really good about that. When we're at work, I'm professor, it's defined. So that's the yin and the yang of that. Sometimes when we run with what's called a flatline management, which is what we're all about, I'm not big on titles. Don't call me master. You know, I, I allow the Koreans to do it because that's their protocol. And I'm cool with it. You know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. But for my own personal self, there's only one master. And that's God. And that's just me. So I don't like anyone calling me master. It just doesn't work. And here's the other reason why. For the leader of the band, for that leader, what happens is that pressure of you're up here on this pedestal because that now your partner or, or one of your top people is no longer an eight-year-old freaking kid that came in there with no confidence as a white belt. In my case, he's now a 30-year-old man who's married and owns a home. You know, I cannot let it regress because then he'll never be able to talk to me. So it's up to me to work double time, to work overtime, to do everything I can to create stronger lines of communication because when something becomes uncomfortable, it is human for that 30-year-old man to revert back to being an eight-year-old kid and shutting down and simply saying nothing. Who's ever been there? Put that in the comments. Put that in the comments. So I read a lot. I read a lot. And one of the great books I want you to read, it's a small, short book. I hope you can see this. Appreciative Inquiry. See that? The Thin Book of Appreciative Inquiry. And it's a way, who wrote this? I can't read that. Who is the author of this? Anyways, look it up. I don't, I don't have my glasses on. And what it really does is through this deep sense of gratitude, this deep sense of appreciation, it helps your team put down their guard so they really are willing to talk to you in such a way that you get the right data. You get the right data to help make some of those decisions that will fall upon you as the leader that will help impact your team and serve them and you. That's the key thing. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Right? I am not a codependent. I make really good money, but they need to as well. You follow me on that? So this book, Appreciative Inquiry, really does that. Another one I'm reading um, that I highly recommend, I'm listening to it on Audible, is um, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Okay? The Five Languages of appreciation in the workplace. Write that one down. And what it discusses is how people like to be appreciated. You know, some people do not want their face on a freaking wall, employee of the month. They don't want accolades in front of a big group of people. They don't even want a money bonus. 
Ah, another freaking bonus. Who cares? You know, everybody's different. We have a new employee and he comes to us a lot and he'll say, I did ABC. And I was talking to, to TJ about that. I says, well, he says that because he wants to make sure what he's doing is correct. Right? So I did ABC. And he's waiting for that reply. So, but what he's really hoping for, and here's the way he likes to be appreciated, is that we validate him by saying that was a really good choice. Wow, sir. You know, that's super important. So ask yourself that, that, that question as a leader. If you had a list right now, of everybody who works for you. How do you believe at the highest level, each of them would like to be appreciated? Think of one, and you might be one of those aha moments. Right? You go, shit, I know that, right? I know that. So put, pick one and put it in the comments. Put it in the comments, cool? Lots of people here, say hi, say hi, say hi. Tell me who you are, where you're tuning in from. So put it in there. How do they like to be appreciated? My wife, don't surprise her. I learned the hard way. I surprised her with a trip for two for her and her best friend to Las Vegas. She cried. Yeah, I was all, what the heck? You happy? She was pissed because she doesn't like surprises. My wife, if you notice that it's time when you come out to the events, I don't really say much. She does not want to be put front and center. Not her gig, Right. Give her a credit card. She can buy what she wants. She's good with that, right? My wife makes the vacation decisions. I don't question them. I'm good with that. She tells me what restaurant we're going to on Saturday. Um, she's good with that. That's how she likes to be appreciated, by not questioning the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes stuff. She does what she does, and that's how she likes to be appreciated, right? Because she moves better that way. She works better that way. Cool? Anybody? Anybody? You got at least one person. You just, the light bulb went off. So those are two books I highly recommend. And both the key words in both of them are what? Appreciation and what? Appreciative. That's the next point of leadership. Well, what I'm really discussing is if your people feel valued, appreciated, respected, right? If you show them that consideration, and I said this at the beginning of the pandemic in a podcast, and somebody thought I was nuts, like their face kind of wrinkled up. They will go to war for you. And I know that sounds very extreme, but they will go to war for, for you. You know, I remember teaching in parking lots. I drove by one the other day. My team was out there in the rain, in the cold. You know, they, they were sitting there teaching virtual four, five, six, seven hours a day on a freaking TV screen. I mean, long hours because of private lessons, group classes. We were at it. They went to war for me. And did I reward them? Hell yeah, I rewarded them. Every we got raises. Some people got back pay. Two of my top guys have gotten a $20,000 raise in a one-year period. That's badass, right? But they went to war for me during that pandemic. And the minute we saw the light of day and we started making more money, guess what? They were rewarded handsomely. Richard Branson says that so well. He says, if I take really good care of my team at the time when he owned Virgin Airlines, he said, if I take really, really good care of my team, then they'll take really, really good care of the customers. So right now, put it in the comments, right? What are three things you could do better for your team right now? Three things. Put them in the comment. Three things right now. 
And the reason I, I try to get you to do it publicly, because then you hold yourself to a level of accountability that won't just simply disappear in the ether, right? Because you live in silence. Put it in the comments. I don't see anyone putting it in there. What are three things you can do better for your team right now so they feel valued, they feel appreciated? Anything? You know, I, I say it a lot and because and I, I, I'm so proud. I'm, I'm like a proud father. Two of my guys, my two top guys, bought homes during the pandemic. That's badass. That is badass. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very, very proud of that. I didn't own a house when I was 30 and 27 or 28, right? I didn't own a house. So they're doing better than I am. And as a dad, that's all you could hope for, right? And I do. It's a hard, it's a hard situation because... You know, I can't look at them like they're little boys anymore. And that to me has been a big thing. Yeah, take them out to dinner. I think dinner is a big one. You know, Nam, dinner is a big one. But here's a step further with that, okay? More consistent procedures, health benefits. Listen and apply their feedback. Yeah, and for us, we're not required to have health benefits. And the majority of my team is younger. So they're under their parents' insurance until they're 26. But for my um, salary-based employees that are over 26, oh, 26 years old, I do a medical siphon. So it's just additional pay in essence, but we label this amount of pay that you're getting is what I'm giving you for your medical. So they look at it as a benefit. So it can be done that way too, right? And I know everybody over 26 can't be under their parents' insurance. They need insurance. So I want to support that. Uh, we have a 401k as well that we match them up to 3% of their salary, right? Um, that's a big one too. Vacation with pay. You know, and, and I do have to remind them sometimes, like TJ just got back from Hawaii. And I said, sir, you don't have to put in a two-week notice when you want to take vacation, do you? He says, nope. He says, you have freedom, total freedom. You schedule our hours, you take off when you want. And I say it because he never abuses it. Never. He never checks in with me. I just know I'm covering a shift for him like I did last week. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. So if I had to say the three things I can do better for my team, I would love to move to a company health benefit. So my family and you know, right now we have our own HMO and it's expensive. So what we're looking at cultivating is creating medical insurance where my family's under it. So we're paying less right? I have my own HMO and I don't know if I want to give that up because I'm 60 and I'm paying the best rate possible. Then my family's on an HMO. And so together, my family, and I pay like two grand a month for our health insurance. And so I would love to have a standardized health plan for everybody. That would be a big one. I would like to do a cumulative weeks of vacation. Right now it's set and it's pretty random. So I would love to do every year you get another week of vacation up to a certain amount of weeks. I think that would be great. I would love to be able to do something like if you don't use that week of vacation that year because you chose to work, we give that to you in a bonus at the end of the year, right? That would be so badass because not only are you making money, I mean, just, you know, people who don't call in sick, things like that. We don't really have that issue, to be honest with you. We don't. We don't. We had an employee at one time that really understood all of that and would magically get sick on a four-day weekend. Like, what the hell? It's obvious you're out of town and you're going to take a day off with pay, right? And sick leave is something they accumulate. I get that. 
But when it's always on a three-day weekend and things like that, you're like, hmm, what's going on here, right? What's going on here? Chris, how are you, sir? Uh, leadership starts with self-leadership. And that's a big one. That's a big one for me. I'm my own best friend. I'm my own worst enemy. That is so true, Chris. You know, and you were in the restaurant business. We know what that's like in the heat of the battle, you know, that somebody has to direct traffic. And I get that too. But that self-leadership of getting enough sleep, of always working on my mindset, of always investing in becoming a better version of me, all those things are so important because if I have that self-leadership, it's by example. And if people see, and I, you know, I'm 60 years old, I know I look well for 60. I take care of myself for 60. I get in there. So I'm that example that works well for our environment. Because remember, we're running with some young bucks out there. So I think that's important too. Um, yeah, paid holidays. Absolutely, John. And we're going to do it for the first time this year. You know, we, we only close for 11 days out of the year. That's it. But what we're going to start doing is we're going to close the last week of Christmas. But we're going to pre-frame it with, please make up classes, you know, be mindful. And we're going to start doing that every year because you don't pay really by the month. You're paying for eight classes a month. If it's a week with, if it's a month with five weeks, so be it. You get extra classes, but make no mistake, you're paying us for eight classes a month. So I, I, I want to be mindful. Yeah. In 22 years, John, we've never closed, but we're going to close the last week of Christmas. Now, here's the kicker, though. I want to be able to pay that team, right? Because we got hourly employees and they won't get paid, right? So at least my salary people, they're cool, right? They're taken care of. Uh, my sister's still on hourly uh, by choice. So I'm going to make sure she gets paid that week we're closed, right? Things like that. I really want to work towards that because... As a leader, what I do understand is I want to be a company that people want to work for, right? And that means you need to have a career package, clear advancement. How do I go from being an instructor to running a location to part owning a location? That's got to be always on the table, whether you decide to do it or not, right? What are the benefits? What is the work-life balance that you offer me? right? What is the culture? What is the why? And of course, medical 401k, we have a 401k, a medical siphon vacation with pay. So we've got that for our core team. But I would love to be like Starbucks, right? Put you through college, everybody gets benefits, whether you work part time or not. I mean, part time or full time, that would be really cool. But I humbly, with all humility, I have to accept I am not a big company like Starbucks. I'm not being exchanged on the stock market right now. So I have to be humble enough to admit that and do what I can. So Master Nam, going back to that, right? Take the team out for dinner. What I did in the beginning a lot, and I remember our first company party was at Annabelle's apartment. And there was like, I don't know, eight of us. And we ordered Thai food takeout. And we had it at Annabelle's apartment because I didn't have a place. I was renting a room. This is the truth. I was renting a room in my sister's house. And um, yeah, yes, the leader works for the employees. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hold that thought about Annabelle's apartment. Somebody hold that for me. But with that said, you know, what we've experienced over the past couple of years 
it has been an employee's market. We know that with the great resignation, people walking in, demanding more, incentivizing things. McDonald's was giving iPhones if you work six months or longer. You know, a lot of these tech companies who are laying off right now were giving these fat, crazy bonuses. I think Apple had like $180,000 bonus for their higher people. But guess what? The pendulum will always swing the other way. And it's happening right now here. And you're going to feel it across the board across the United States. As I shared, Lyft, layoffs. Uber, layoffs. Apple, hiring freeze. Amazon, hiring freeze, right? Meta, layoffs. It's happening, right? Twitter, <laughs> Elon Musk has laid off, what, 9,000 people at Twitter? So it's happening. And I remember this during the mortgage crisis when a lawyer walked into my school and applied for a front desk position. And I looked at this guy and said, you're way overqualified for this, sir. He goes, there's nothing out there. So guess what, employers? It's ready to be your day. It's going to be your day again now. It's happening. And when it does, though, I don't want to be a spiteful boss. You know, I think what needs to happen is we need to go deeper and really appreciate those people that didn't try to gouge you during the pandemic, right? That stuck with you. And that's why my people got raises and we're doing, and one thing we did really good, we have a 5% year cost of living increase. No matter what, you will get a, no, no performance report, none of that bullshit. If you're here every year, you get a 5% raise. Why? Cost of living. That dollar you made a year ago is not the same dollar you make today. It's simply not. So why should they have to jump through hoops for a cost of living race? They shouldn't. They simply should not. Okay. So that's my take on that. So Master Nam, Annabelle, take out food, eight of us in her apartment. And then as things begin to grow, you know, a lot of my team is Filipino. So they like Manny Pacquiao. So what I'm saying, Master Nam, this goes a lot further. I invited them to my home, and this was several times a year. Manny Pacquiao was fighting, you know, I had the nice big screen TV, and I would get the pay-per-view, right? But here's, here's the unique part, the intimacy. I would cook for them, Master Nam. I wouldn't go out and buy ready-made food and all that. I would cook for this team. I would grill for them. My wife made her infamous chocolate chip cookies, and we would serve that team. Wow. Right, Master Nam? Doesn't that 10x that experience beyond a restaurant? Right? It does. It does, right? It takes it to a whole nother level. So, and, and that's, that's what I want you guys to really, really think about. It's not how much money and all that when the day's done. I know. Listen to me for a moment, though. There's not a single people in your, in your, person in your company that's going to wake up and say, how much money can I make Brandon today? They simply do not. They do not. That's why we don't spend a lot of time going, hey, this is how many students we got this much. These are how many students we lost. We need to do A, B, C. You need to da, 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 da. get your bonus. I am not that. We don't work on bonuses. I pay you well. You do your thing. I don't like bonuses. I don't like, you know, I have a friend in the fitness industry and the last week of every month she disappears because she has to make her numbers to get her bonus. That is not how I want to live. That is not the culture I want to create because it's fear-based. My team is always dealing with anxiety and fear. If they don't make a certain quota every month, they don't get that damn bonus. If they don't get that damn bonus, they don't make rent. 
I, I don't believe in that. That's why sales jobs turn over all the time, all the time, right? All the time. So I'm going to encourage you. And that's another thing I think for me is really wrong in the martial arts industry. Any of these businesses that work on bonus systems, here's your base pay. That base pay better be really good. That base pay better pay for my bills and then some, right? Because that bonus is me wanting to go the extra mile. But when you set people up with the minimal amount of money, which barely or doesn't pay all their bills, that's a state of fear every month and anxiety that they have to live with. And then people just become numbers. I got to close. I got to make my numbers. You got to make your numbers. No, I need you to invest in relationships, right? And you as the leader, by example, that is leadership by example. You are investing in relationships, right? I just had two people come back, right? Miss Olive and, and her brother, Jeremy. And it tripped me out. Jeremy was a purple green belt before the pandemic. This guy freaking came back two and a half years later. His sister was one of my excellent kids. She's now starting out as a white belt beginner. You know why? Because we have a relationship with them. How many students come back to you after two and a half years, right? Especially that belt level. It's not like they were black belts, right? Or invested a whole lot of time. But just like your team, you have to be willing from day one to make them family. That's why we don't use the term in our school, students or members. If you use that word students or members, throw it out now. Throw it out. Great leaders, we have friends and family. Right? Friends and family. I like that. Friends and family. So that's a big one too. So what have we learned about leadership today and leadership by example? Well, a leader is empathetic. A leader understands that they truly do. And I don't say this in a derogatory way. Um, we do work for our employees because I believe if my employees, for the lack of better word, because to me, they're my friends and they're my family. If my employees are happy and our customers, right, just as a word, are happy, I have the freedom to do what I want. TJ brought that up to me at our last meeting. He goes, you know, before the pandemic, you weren't working and, and now you're here. And sometimes that's confusing because when I schedule you, I'm thinking of you like a worker, but you're the boss and the owner. I said, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else when it comes to serving people. That's why I don't have some special office that I sit in and you know, somebody said that you should have an office with the window where you're looking down on the team so they know you're in the position of power. That's that's so egotistical. That's so fear-based thinking. I change with my guys in the same room. I wear the same uniform as my team. That's important for us too because the flatline management that we are all equal. And I'm going to drive that home is really important powerful. You won't walk into our schools and see a white uniform, a red uniform, a blue uniform, a black uniform, a black uniform with a white top. You will see none of that in our school. We all wear the same uniform because why culturally we are one. That's why we're called one martial arts, not two or three or four or five. We're called one. We're one people, one common goal, one love as Bob Marley would say.
And one is the single most powerful acronym for excellence in business. Google it. Club one, card one, right? Medical one. The one is used in all of the highest levels of, of excellence for businesses. So they want to, hey, we're number one, right? So that's important for us. Now, why, why for me, this is the end all be all. Because if me and my team sit here, instead of I'm the leader, you know, that's the problem. When people think about leadership, they do this. Don't do that. Do this. And ask yourself at a heartfelt level, you don't have to put in the comments. Do you do this or do you do this? Ask yourself that. One time, one of my employees introduced me to their friend and they said, this is my boss. And later on, when I had him alone, I said, please don't call me your boss. Don't do that. Well, you are. Well, you know what? This person, I don't give a shit. I don't care that I'm your boss and I don't want to be called your boss. Just introduce me as Brandon. That's totally fine. Right? I'm even okay with this as my martial arts instructor. That's cool too. But please don't call me your boss. Because when you hear that word boss, what do you think? Somebody's bossy. They boss you around. That already is a negative connotation. It needs to be thrown out the window. So <clears throat> if I can do this with my team, number one, I can be vulnerable. I can make mistakes. I have to be accountable. I can make mistakes and apologize. And my team is not sitting there in disbelief and utter disappointment that their hero, who we, by our own stupid actions, put ourselves on this freaking pedestal way up here, where everybody on our team is looking up at us like we're walking on water. And then when we fall, we fall far, we fall long, and we fall hard. And that team is so disappointed and so perplexed that, oh no, say it isn't so, Joe, my hero. No way. I love being right here. I love being right here. Because it allows for more meaningful relationships. In turn, you as a leader willing to share openly in a trusting environment your vulnerability that you make mistakes, that you're afraid to, right? That you're doing that, then they're willing to be vulnerable. They are willing to bring that information to you. And they are willing to go to war for you. Other day I was cleaning with the after school team and I grabbed a broom and I started sweeping and the and and this younger, newer employee looked at me like he was doing something wrong. And he asked me for the broom out of my hand. And I told him, no, nah, I got it, sir. You go ahead and wipe down those tables, right? Working and learning together. Like undercover boss. You got it. You got it, right? You got it. You got it. I love that show, right? I love that show. Yeah, that undercover boss is so, especially when people stories and they cry and, you know, because you see that person in a huge organization and that undercover boss is looking at that person who might just be, no, nah, and I'm not going to say that's wrong. That's wrong. I, I shouldn't say that. That works in housekeeping, okay? Because that job's just as important as any other job, but they work in housekeeping. They're not upper management, but they work in housekeeping and they go to war 
for that company. And that undercover boss just can't wait to the end of the show where they can reward them, right? It's the coolest thing because those that you can't teach people to care. You can't teach people to go the extra mile. But what I do passionately share as a leader with my team is that there's nothing above me and there is nothing below me. Write that down. And you have to be willing to do everything in that business that you ask your team to do. Because Gary Vee says that one, and I, you know, nobody cares about your business as much as you. Nobody's going to work as hard as you. Yeah, I understand that, Gary Vee. And I hear you on some days. I feel that way too. But when I witness somebody that's willing to do it better than me, like my team on the mat, that takes ownership like TJ does of our businesses, I'm just like, yeah, this is the good work. And I train my second to do it better than me. Oh God, he might leave you and open up half a mile down the road. No, he won't. No, he won't. Because I have him set up for success. He gets paid better than, I would say, probably the majority of people running locations in this industry. But more so than that, it provides him with the resources he needs to fulfill his personal dreams. He's married to the girl of his dreams. He owns a home. Now our big thing is we're working on getting the team tight and right so he can take a legitimate maternity leave. He goes, sir, that's not a year or two away. That doesn't matter. We prepare now. But the fact that he knows I'm aware of that and I want to get this team tight and right and build our bench strength so he can take maternity leave when that time comes, that is badass. That you won't get anywhere. And I'm proud of that. I'm very, very proud of that. Let's see what it says here. I've been struggling with the title master and refused to promote to grandmaster. It feels like distancing terminology. I love it. I feel the same way, sir. You know, professor is because I'm an eight degree in Kenpo. And I can't tell you how awkward that conversation is when some college professor goes to me, well, what do you have your degree in? And I have to muffle and muddle through, well, you know, I've been doing karate for 50 plus years and in our and on our art, I'm considered a professor. Now, yeah, experience-wise, I've had as much, you know, um, learning and experience as any other professor out there. So what's the difference between me and, and a professor? He has a piece of paper. I have a piece of paper. He spent X number of years at his craft. I've spent X number of years at my craft. I think we need to legitimize what we do at a higher level. I think so, right? And stop. I'm just a martial arts instructor. What do you do for a living? I'm a martial arts instructor. I make more than most doctors and lawyers. So tell me your degree makes you at a loftier title than I can hold. But the yin to the yang of that, we're at that point too, sir. I share with people all the time, the big thing I'm really working on in our culture, in our social media content is truly positioning us as a investment for parents. We say it all the time. But we don't say memberships. We don't say, you know, your payment. We say tuition investment. Write that down, tuition investment. So with that said, I want to get away from words like coaches, even instructors. And we have, you know, we're a Chinese system. So we use Sifu. What does Sifu mean to the average Joe? Seafood? What are you? Right, five-year-old kid. Uh, seafood? Are you a shrimp? What are you? And master? We won't even go there. Right. Let's just talk about, you know, the climate right now. Right. Master is a horrible word, 
horrible word in some parts of our country. Use the word master. That's a bad day. That's a very bad day. Right. But I get it. If we watch like, you know, I don't know, some of these movies. Right. Who was I? The master. Right. In that movie. What's that movie? Uh, I don't remember now. I don't like it. I don't. So we're actually at this point of using the word teacher. I, I've organically just naturally started doing it in my three to five-year-old. I want to compliment little Missy looking right at teacher, right? So we might gravitate to where it will be teacher TJ, teacher Brandon, teacher Luke, right? Because a kid gets that. And I remember the old, who remembers the old Kung Fu movies from the 1970s, right? Where some young bad guy comes in and kicks the butt, right, of the teacher, all right, Chinese Connection. That was a great one. That was a great one where they come in, you know, Bruce Lee sees his teacher had died, right? And he comes in, teacher, teacher. And he's just, it's just, it's beautiful. And so we're looking at that. Teacher is the highest title that is people can relate to. Someone that's going to help me learn. This is my teacher, right? Old Kung Fu systems, they use teacher, teacher. Very, very powerful. So we may move that way. Who's the hey coming in from? I see hey from Facebook user. So I want you to really think about that. Post it in the disruptor group. What did you learn today in leadership by example? A true leader is humble. A true leader is empathetic. A true leader is unafraid to be vulnerable and run in flatline leadership. A true leader is into self-leadership and being a better version of themselves. A true leader works for their employees. These are all your comments, right? These are all your comments. All these are your big takeaways today. Now, the key thing is writing that down in brand absolutes, writing them down into your core values, writing them down where you hold yourself at a high level of accountability where you wake up every day and you do create a company people want to work for. You wake up every day and you know unequivocally, I'm here to serve my team. Because if I serve my team and I serve my clients, I have freedom. That's it. And above all, lead by example is to value your team's life outside of the business. Please. I watch people get so uptight when the schedule gets thrown out of whack because somebody's, you know, a high schooler and they tell you on a Friday night, my parents say we have to go to my grandparents tomorrow. Yeah, but you're scheduled to work. Guilt, guilt, guilt. No way. No way. So we have one of our simple systems is you get someone to cover the shift. That's it. Don't tell me about it. Just get someone to cover your shift. I walk in on Saturday. Hey, where's so-and-so? Oh, they had to go see their grandparents. Awesome. You're covering for them? Right on. Let's rock and roll. Right? So that's a real big one. Value their life outside of your business. Become that valuable entity that no company is ever going to offer them. And no company focuses on, well, they do. Great leaders do focus on learning empathy. They focus on learning being um, <clears throat> compassionate. They focus on really creating that flatline management in their business. Hmm. I want to thank my sponsors, my studio, Market Muscles, uh, Kids Love Life Skills, and LC Accounting. All leaders at what they do. All leaders that are dedicated to serving the different schools in our industry. I want to invite you to come out to Balance, man. It's Time Live Balance. 20 people. You want to talk about leadership? 
Come spend four days with me. You are your best investment. Make that investment in yourself. And every additional person you want to bring only for the two-day event is only $99. Unheard of. We've never done that before. But we're celebrating eight years. Eight years. Eight years or eight times. This is our eighth experience. Wow. And, and it's just, it's unlike anything, it's magical. It's hard to explain. Talk to Markle, talk to Jason, talk to Monique, talk to James Walker, talk to Virginia, you know, all the people that have attended the event. It's hard to explain. Talk to Nick Quadra. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Well, you know, wonder why do people come all the way from Germany, Canada, even Australia for this event? Because it is life-changing. You'll spend four days with me and it will change your life because it always changes mine. And isn't that really what relationships are about? When we both come into a relationship, we both benefit. That, that is a relationship of value. And you as the leader should cultivate that. But it'll never happen if you don't run with a flatline management. You don't allow yourself to be vulnerable. If you're not willing to let go of control and command. And if you're not willing to truly create a company that people want to be a part of. Cool? All right. Hey, I am Brandon Beliso. Subscribe to this show, Success Never Sleeps, on YouTube and all the major podcast platforms. Also, subscribe to Mindful Meditations. I'm a big advocate of mindset and cultivating that mindset that you need to be happy and successful is an art within itself. Please follow me at Instagram. Join our disruptor group. Please join the disruptor group and refer people to it. You know, I'm pulling some of the files and it's so funny. Somebody asked me, one of my wisdom clients, that they needed a birthday party format. And I said, you haven't looked in the disruptor group under files? Well, no. I said, that's the problem right there. I put this right in front of you. All you have to do is do the freaking research, do the homework. It's right there. So I pulled the, the new student experience. I pulled the instructor's training experience. And I'm going to pull the birthday party. You guys, if you don't do your homework, it's your own damn fault. Okay? And that's leadership. Holding yourself at the highest level and still being mindful. The buck stops with you. And I would never point fingers at my team. Because when I do, I have three pointed back at me. Cool. And for everything else, go to brandonbliso.com. Get signed up for balance. Only 20 people. I think there's like 15 spots left. It's next April. But when is the success happen? Today. Today. That's when it happens. It's not happening next April. It happens today when you go sign up for this event. Cool. Hey, thank you so much, Marco, who's on the back end of this facilitating the show. Congratulations on the new school, Marco. I am so blessed to be part of that journey with you. So grateful for the light and late night calls and the texts and look at this. Should this go here? You know, we've been together for a while and I love Marco. I love Amy. I love Christian. And, and I'm very blessed to share life with them. I am Brandon Bliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life.